Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We share outside the workplace strategies for inside the workplace concerns. We take one topic and discuss it independently with four different subject matter experts. And today's show is going to be really good. It's all about the power of positivity. So stay with us and we'll be right back with our first guest in one minute. Hey everyone, Charlie here. Did you know Eva and I have a really cool e-commerce shopping site? It's shopcharlieandeva.com. Check it out. You'll find custom designs that might just make a statement about you. And some great gift items, too. That's shopcharlieandeva.com. We're adding more designs every month, so be sure to keep checking back in. One last time, shopcharlieandeva.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Um, You know, our next guest has taken the power of positivity and created two business models. Um, At least that's what I see, right? Mm -hmm. You can find out more about her on her website, carolannhamilton.com. Please welcome Carol Ann Hamilton. Carol, how are you? Delighted to be here with you, Charlie and Eva, today. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, well, you're welcome, and thank you because you know. As We're so Eva, excited to have you on. Yep, as Eva stated, you know, we we go outside the box to bring in strategies from outside the workplace and share them inside the workplace, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, meeting you and what we really love about you is your positive approach um, in your business model. So, I mean. Um, tell us a little bit about what it is you do so we could understand, you know, how um, how you tackle those myths and breakthroughs of being positive. Well, exactly right. And it's not like, as you both know, I haven't traveled the corporate world because I was employed in corporate Canada for at least 25 years before I went into my own entrepreneurship, which is the case since May of 2003. And you're right that I'm a little outside the box. So how I did that bridge was really cold turkey. And that's defined as doing it without a pause, you know, a padded bank account or without a full client roster. But I just did it. Now, mind you, my last job was killing me, and I know through corporate talk radio, you all deal with toxic workplaces and the need for better leadership all the time, and that was my sorrow as well. So I really needed to leave to safeguard my physical and emotional health. But the thing was, without a lot of support systems underneath me, what was I left with? And I would say that the answer is the power of my positivity, because Mm. I believed that if I was actually pursuing what I was truly meant to do in the world, 
and that was to serve people in getting out of their comfort zones and other businesses that you know about since, then I couldn't help but think I had to be supported. You know how they say live out on the end of a limb because that's where the fruit is generally located on the tree. Oh, that's good to know. That's my approach too. That that is unbelievable. What I wanted to say is, you know, um, I love entrepreneurs that just find a way. In other words, no template to follow. Dig deep. You find the courage. I mean, it's really, really um, inspiring, right? Um, And uh, it often gets missed in the workplace, but um, you do great things and, you know, also with, I mentioned you have two business models and I mean, the way I see it is, um, you applied your positivity to some degree of success and you realized, um, how powerful it is and you actually now coach on it as well. I mean, that was just my takeaway from seeing all the great things that you do. Um, did I get close to it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, Charlie. You're right in the zone. And, That is still what I work with on my life coaching clients. If we found one thing that's in common amongst them, it's that some part in their essence realizes that there is something more waiting for them on the inside, and they haven't thus far connected to that. So what I help them to do is to find that larger purpose, and it likely goes beyond their employment and is much more about why they're here on the planet so that they can, in locating it, actually fulfill their dreams. I love a quote that I prepared for you all today that is from the Strengths Finder 2 book, and it says, you cannot be anything you want, but you can be a whole lot more of who you already are. Isn't that a great statement about claiming our power within I think that's an an amazing statement and it's so true. And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up because they think they know who they are, but yet I'm sure that through your coaching, you start honing in on, no, maybe this is something that's been put on you that you think you should be, but not maybe who you are at your essence. And so trying to tap into that can be a little tough. I mean, do you find that sometimes when you work with people that, um, trying to break through that can be difficult? Well, in fact, Eva, you know what? As part of a program that used that book, where it was a personal growth planning workshop in corporate Canada, and leaders traveled one-on-one with a team member, so about a dozen people in the room to, you know, to each six pairs, and their purpose in the half day was to actually put together development plans for the coming year. Now, I know from an organizational development perspective that usually those things are given short shrift, and thus people scrawl a few syllables on the page, yeah, okay, I'll do this and this and this course, and that's the end of it. This was much more about a life plan, and so we used a grid where people actually plotted per an instrument that was internal to the company of four quadrants, namely your strengths, and your weaknesses, though I don't prefer the latter word. But strengths and weaknesses, that was quite clear to people. Even their areas for growth or their kind of blind spots, 
cut the one that was consistently the hardest, even for, for people to understand, was their natural gifts. And how you can tell a natural gift, and this is tapping into our internal power and positivity, is what do people consistently congratulate you for? What do they say, wow, you are so great at blank. I can't even believe that you could do X, Y, or Z, and you're thinking to yourself, my goodness, I could do that thing with my eyes closed. What are you talking about? And that's the thing that's hard for people to access. And I've got a little exercise. May I share that with people? Mm -hmm. Yes, sure. Uh, So the exercise, and I did it myself just the (laughs) other day, uh, was to brainstorm What you might imagine are 26 qualities, so that's A to Z for each letter of the alphabet, Uh that you believe embody your core or essential traits. And so my A was authenticity, my B was boldness, just to give you the start of the idea. And it was a powerful exercise both to do for myself and subsequently I have shared it with a couple of friends, which was really fun because they were able to help witness and endorse what I was saying as well. Wow. Um, So do you feel... It's hard to reach people because they're hung up basically fighting their own career battles and they never, as you mentioned, they never really go deep enough to see who they really are, right? And maybe they don't even know what's possible, right? Probably consumed by their careers alone, never mind the ultra competing demands that daily life exacts upon all of us. So by the time we all reach the end of the day, it's very easy to lose lose sight of what those things are. And thus, what is required is to take a little bit of time. I always challenge my clients, can you carve out five minutes for you per day? And that should not sound like a lot. And I know people might be saying, yeah, no, I don't even have five minutes. And because it's your life, and I'm going to go to the end of life, and I'm going to say, what would you want to have said or written about you on that day that you pass away, as did the father of a friend just on the weekend? So I'm encouraging all of us to look at our unlimited potential. And here's a little stat. We each have something on the order of 60 thousand to seventy five thousand thoughts per day. Imagine if most of those were negative on the order of I can't do this, I won't be that, this is not possible for me. Versus if we said, Wow, what is possible for me? What can I do? Even if I hold a busy job and I have many household demands, I would suggest that even five minutes or a minute, I don't know, spent in that direction. After all, what do we have? 168 hours per week, 60 minutes in an hour. We can do the math. Is one minute possible out of those 168 hours? I am totally hooked <laughs> and mesmerized listening. I I love 
the details and the common sense logic around being positive, it basically proves to me that it is a real power for that exact reason. Because, you know, I go through what you just said in my head and I realize that, you know, I'll look at the traffic. I'll never get there in time. Right. You know, and everything I say, I mean, I I wish it wasn't so easy, right, to be negative. Well, and I, I wanted to go back to something you said in the beginning of the segment, Carol, was when you were talking about, um, you know, that people sometimes don't take the time to to sit down and really figure out who they are and what they want, and they'll say that they don't have that time, when the reality is, is that, and and they're also looking at, the fact that, well, yeah, these are things that people really like about what I do. However, it's just so second nature to me. So I think it's easy. And the reality is, is when you take that and you also sit down for five minutes to figure out who you are, I would think just, you know, life just gets easier because you're actually going with the flow of things that are easy for you to do, that you're acting in a way that feels natural to you, that mm-hmm. people respond to. And, and then I would think it would just springboard into, well, then it's just easier to be positive because everyone's reacting to you in a positive way by taking that well, time. Interesting. Well, all of us being coaches, we know that we, we encourage our clients to identify and then reduce or eliminate the tolerations in their lives, like those things that they are putting up with that drain their energies so that they can boost those things that bring them energy and talk about going with the flow. If we were actually using more of our natural gifts of a day, we agree that life could show up more easily and it starts with you know, busting myths like, oh, my God, I have to come up with a whole laundry list of goals this year. All of my New Year's resolutions are already broken, you know, by by March 1st. How about your intentions in how you choose to live? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like root cause, root cause. <laughs> right, right. We always look externally for the problems of why we don't feel happy internally when the when the truth is it's really internal it's an internal shift um, you know so the good news is that the listeners have a new teammate right carol ann hamilton and again carol ann and we love the two exercises that we learned today the a to z and i love the metrics around you know how many minutes and so on you know and and how many opportunities you have to start changing your thoughts. It's just incredible. Right. Um, and, you know, I want to say that your journey has been very courageous because, like I said, you found a way on your own and you can hear it and sense it in how you present. And I, I think it was very inspiring and informative. And uh, we want to thank you so much. And we would love to have you back in the future. Nothing would be my greater delight, Charlie and Eva. I so appreciate both of you and everything you bring to the world. Oh, thank you. you. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, lesson well learned, Carol, uh, short but very informative. Thank you so much um, and have a great rest of the day and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, Carol. Okay, guys, um, we will be right back. Stay with us. Thank you. 
Charlie Lavasco and Eva Lewandowski are on a mission to make a difference in your career, your life, and the world. As consultants, coaches, speakers, and trainers, they each bring different skill sets to the table as well as different products and services, all of which are designed to make a difference for you. Are you looking for fame, fortune, and recognition? Need help with speaking up and being heard? Looking for the right tools for the right issue? Look no further. Go to charlieandeva.com. Check us out. Opt in to our newsletter. And let's be teammates. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Thanks for staying with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our next guest, as we talk about the power of positivity, is Joan Posevy. Joan is an international speaker, trainer, and award-winning best-selling author of The Way Success Works, How to Decide, Believe, and Begin to Live Your Best Life. She is also the president of Global Youth Project, Inc., which helps young adults imagine, design, and create their best life. And if you would like to learn more about Joan, you can can go to her website at globalyouthproject.org. Joan, it's so great to have you back. Thanks for being here. It's fabulous to be back, Eva. Thank you so very much, Charlie. Yes. And so you, I think you were listening in a little bit on the last segment, and so we're talking about the power of positivity. And I know Carol touched a little bit about how we can start transforming. But let's take a little bit deeper dive if we can, because, you know, you work with young people and young adults, and this really is your baby. So how do we begin to transform, especially if we're, you know, a little bit on the negative side? Mm. Well, the number one essential is we've got to stop focusing on our present results. See, if we want to improve our results in some area of our life, our happiness, our health, or our wealth, we need to acknowledge present results, but we can't allow them to control our thinking or we'll just continue ending up more with the same. See, most of us were gifted with five sensory factors. We can hear, see, smell, taste, and touch. And these help us correspond with our physical world. But if we continue to use those sensory factors as our clues, we'll continue to repeat the same behaviors and getting the same results. Ah, uh, you know what? I never really thought about using all five senses. I mean, we always kind of, you know, we hear about feeling that you really need to get into that feeling place, but that's a really good point. What you bring up about, you know, stop focusing on your present results. And so are you saying then think about what the future results could be? Well, when our conscious mind is focusing on current results, say the current state of our health or the current state of our bank account, that's what we're feeding our subconscious mind, which is what's driving our behavior, causing us to do what we've always done, making, therefore, the same or similar choices that create the same results. It's this cycle. It's this loop that we have to stop. So if we want to create something better and bigger and more grand in our life, we've got to set those aside and really focus on utilizing our six higher faculties, our mental faculties. One of those is imagination. We all have them, by the way. Imagination, Einstein said, is more important than knowledge. And in the speed of change and innovation today, that's as true as it's ever been. See, your imagination gives you the ability to tap into this 
infinite source and build an image in your mind of something that you'd like to have do or be. That's the future thinking. That's actually what the imagination gives us is the ability to project into the future and then bring back to the now mentally that preferred state of being, whatever it is, happiness, health, wealth. It gives us the ability to see something in our mind's eye that we can't currently see yet in the physical. That is um, something that I see being missed in the workplace every single day, okay? Um, We talk about change, 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 change at the beginning of a project, and then at the end we say we just kick the can down the road and make the same mistakes. And I think it's exactly what you said we're not focusing on the mental senses. We're going over the mechanics. We're changing the mechanics of the process, but we're not really embracing the imagination of what the potential could be. And um, it's exactly what you said is taking place. You know, and I just had a thought about what you said. You know, when you're visioning the future, so you were bringing up how there is all this, you know, technical technological change going on right now. And there's all this information that we are being bombarded with. I mean, it's crazy how much information is out there now, but I was thinking when you were talking that when you can vision that future piece, it almost feels like the pieces of information that you need will come to you for that future vision. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And that's, that is absolutely the key because what happens is, hmm, that's one of the reasons why a lot of those corporate goals that we set, they're not, they're not inspiring. They don't engage yeah. because we're focusing on, okay, so we did this many in, you know, dollars or sales or, or whatever the uh, measuring stick is this year. So therefore, if we talk on a certain percentage, you know, here's what we could, it's just, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't draw on our, our higher or best self. And so, again, we need to set aside those results and say, okay, as, as a team individually, what is it that we really want to create? If we could literally have, do, or be anything in our lives, personally or professionally, what would it be? That's inspired. That's wonderful. And then, and this is the second key, is we've got to walk into that image until it manifests. Um, can I share with you a quick uh, metaphor? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you and I were to take, say, an orange seed and plant it in the ground in an environment that would be conducive to its unfoldment, it's, it's healthy, and we care for it and nurture it, over time we could expect to see a beautiful orange tree emerge. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. However, we wouldn't, by planting that orange seed, expect to see a pine tree or a maple tree or an apple tree, only an orange seed. But here's the interesting part. If we were to take that orange seed and dissect it and look at it using the latest and greatest technology or the most powerful microscope, we would never, ever find a little orange tree in there because it doesn't Mm. exist in there. You could say that the orange tree is in the universe. But what it does contain is a pattern plan or a nucleus of what it can grow into, what it will grow into. That orange seed is part of nature. You and I are part of nature and operate under the exact same laws, universal laws. When you get that image in your mind through using your imagination of something that you want to create, whether that's a bigger bank account, healthy body, bigger sales, whatever it is, and see yourself in your mind's eye already in possession of it, that's choosing the seed. And then you mentioned this, Eve, about really feeling it. When you really feel the attainment of it, that's the language of the subconscious mind. That's planting the seed. 
But just like that little orange seed, you know how you plant it in the ground? You don't plant it in the next day, expect to see the sprout in the tree. We understand that there's this gestation period. And the exact same thing is for our goal. When we plant that seed of an idea, we need it. We need to feed it and nurture it and allow it to germinate. But what happens is, and again, this is where this is goes back to my first point, is we get this beautiful image of something that we want to create, and then we look for evidence that it's going to happen. And when we don't see that evidence in a time frame that we think it should be, then we go, ah, it's not going to happen, because on our physical senses, that's we're seeing the lack of it, and we don't focus on it long enough for it to really germinate. You and I both know that there's lots happening under the surface before we see that little sprout of an orange tree break through. I think that's I think that's a perfect analogy for it. I mean, it's just it's perfect because so many times we'll say, okay, well, you know, I was positive for a week. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and nothing, nothing really shifted, nothing shifted. And, and you're right. I mean, you have to put that, that, um, those thoughts out there and vision it and vision it and vision it and let everything else do its work. And there was something that you said too about, um, in the process where you were saying that goals just aren't inspiring. And I think one of the things that we find in a corporate environment is not only are the goals not inspiring, they're anxiety inducing. So I remember being in budget meetings and having the VPs talking to the sales guys. I was fortunately the accountant, so my butt wasn't the one that was on the line when it came to those numbers, you know, but they would set those numbers and set those goals and you could just feel the tension. And, you know, at dinner, everybody's passing around Rolaids with their coffee because they're just feeling awful. So I think, you know, what you were saying about having that first step being that goal being inspiring. Yeah. It's so key. What John, what I heard doesn't exist in the workplace. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, leader, 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 leader. What I just heard was better than what I've gotten from many leaders, right? And right. Joan, in, in your simple way of explaining, you basically back me into a corner and have me use my imagination, which is hope. And it almost forces me internally to think positive, right? Because now now I'm thinking differently. I'm thinking not about meeting those pie chart goals, say, right? But um, how can I how can I make it work for me in my life or what would happen if I achieved it or just start thinking differently? Take the results off the table and use my imagination in a positive way and see what comes to me, I think. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, Yeah, to see what inspires you and to help our staff do that as well. A mentor of mine many, many years ago, very wise gentleman, pointed out to me that the real purpose of a business, I mean, obviously, we've got to make a profit or, or we're not going to exist. But he said that the, the real right. underlining purpose of the business is to help people grow. And I firmly believe that. <laughs> and we can help them by setting goals that are in alignment with the corporate vision, but that they are going to get excited about as well. Yeah, and I think that, you know, one of the things that leaders can do for the leaders that are listening out there is start asking people 
Instead of telling what they think the goal should be, start asking what would inspire you guys? What would make you excited to come to work every day? What can we hit? You know, we know we, like you just said, you know, we know we have to make a profit, but how can we do it in a way that everybody's excited to be here? Yeah, how do we get mm-hmm. the unlimited potential from all of you on the table? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, we all have to be looking at the same direction, that same purpose and vision and, and, and mission. But what's my personal piece to that? How can I bring my particular gifts, which each of us have, towards that end result or towards that destination? Right. And then using your story that you said in the beginning about the orange tree and understanding that I'm going to go a step further here. I'm, you know, in your orchard, you've got orange, orange trees and apple trees and grapefruit bushes and all the rest. And all of those together, you know, when people come to buy your stuff, they're excited to buy it because there's a lot in that cornucopia. I love it. And there's, you know, sometimes there's those weeds growing. Right. I'm going to tie that into your, your first a segment about the power of positivity. Well, negativity, as we all know, is really powerful as well. See, the universe doesn't quite really care what you plant. If you imagine this fertile plot with these orange trees and cherry trees and all this fabulous cornucopia of stuff, you could also plant basil on one side and poison ivy on the other. And if we both give them energy, they're both going to grow. And, you know, we've all met people that they're really negative and, you know, you kind of want to reach out and say, you know, if you just change your attitude on this, things would be so much better. But again, they're focused on the physical senses and really focused on what's wrong and why it won't work. Kind of what you were mentioning earlier. And I'm yeah, saying, and you know it, what? Let's focus on what will work. Right. And and if everyone kind of starts buying into that, even a little bit, just start shifting a little bit, it can definitely help to take over for the other ones that tend to be negative. Because like you said, you know, negativity can definitely wear off on you, but so can being positive. You know, you just keep mm-hmm. being positive. And well, Joan, po- you, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, please. You, you had mentioned uh, happiness just before you brought me on. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember being told that there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. It's the decision. And then Uh, from that, when we're in that happy, more joyful, positive state, we're better in tune with our intuition, which is another one of those six intellectual factors. And then we're in a better place to see the next step to that larger goal that we're working towards. Wait, that's important, right? And that kind of ties into uh, when we met Marilyn Tam. Um, Can you just repeat that happiness is not... Um, a, 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 oh, a way, yeah. it is the way. It's the decision. Uh, yeah, there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. That's Which great. makes it uh, almost like a, you know, a quicker choice to make, right? Right. <laughs> and it is a choice. It is a choice. Well, Joan, thank you so much. I mean, we so appreciate all your insights. It's always, always so great to have you here and to talk about this because um, it's important. I mean, it's important that people need to understand oh, that. It's just so simplified, too. Well, it's 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 not necessarily that it's so simple. It's just really powerful. If it's I really can understand powerful. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I okay. it's simple. It's simple, but it's not easy. We need to work at this just a little bit every day. And that's why programs such as yourself, yourselves, uh, Eve and Charlie, that bring this to the world are so important. 
Well, thank you so much for being here. We certainly, like I said, really appreciate all your insights, and we can't wait to have you back. I look forward to it. Thank you. Excellent. Again. Yeah. And we'll definitely talk about the Global Youth Project next time for sure. Um, and everyone, just so that you know, you can reach Joan at theglobalyouthproject.org. Okay. Um, we will be right back. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning Shared Leadership Training Seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE Certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars, but now you can become care certified in the workplace on your own time order module one today and begin the transformation there's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today provided you have the right strategy becoming care certified is the right strategy for more information go to charlieandeva.com that's charlieandeva.com and now let's return to corporate talk with charlie and eva on talkzone.com Welcome back, everyone. Um, let me start out by saying, unfortunately, our next guest, Megan Smith-Gill, had a sudden emergency and can't be with us. And we will invite her back in the near future for sure. Um, and for more on Megan, go to MeganSmithGill.com. So uh, I'm going to lean on my coach for this segment, um, Eva. And, you know, we are consistent with our segments in that segment one, we always kind of learn about, is it even, is it even possible? Right. 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 And, uh, and so now that we know it is, and then we went and we learned about you know, how to apply it, what are the next steps, I mean, and, and what do we do first, which is really unbelievable. So when we come to this point, we usually want to share, well, how do we come out with it? How do we package what we're going to do differently? Right. And, you know, um, it's interesting when you start talking about being positive, because you will have people that try to be very positive, and then you'll have other people that a lot of times will say, well, that's just not being very realistic, right? You know, being positive isn't being realistic. I'm a realist. And realism and negativity are not the same thing, right? Just because you can be positive and be a realist, right? So, um, okay. So, meaning... Um, the traffic is terrible, but it's not going to ruin my day. Well, the traffic is terrible, but you can also look at it as, you know, yeah, but there's nothing I can do about the traffic right now. The only thing I can do right now is change my mindset about it. Right. So when you start coming out, so, you know, we always like to say, well, then how do we start implementing some of these strategies? Mm -hmm. You know, when we're talking about the segment. So when you start coming out in a more positive way, a lot of times the people around you can start saying, you know, well, wait, 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 where is this coming from? So you have to understand that before you start coming out being more positive, it's also important to kind of ground yourself a little bit in that knowing that this may happen, right? 
Um, however, what I've also found is that when I just kind of stood my ground and kept being positive instead of kind of going back into the negative, that that could really start shifting other people around me. You know, we can shift the vibe in the room. I'll never forget one of the most powerful Carolyn Mays um, CDs that I've listened to is one where she talks about, you know, everybody's always whining about how when they become spiritual, they can't handle the vibration around them. I can't handle all this negativity. She said, don't worry about all the negativity around you. Worry about the vibe that you're bringing to the room. You can shift the vibe in the room. And and what you're saying also is um, don't expect others to just embrace that. Right. So you don't shift. So we're learning a lot here about the power of positivity. And, you know, I always go back to my guy, Big George Foreman, right, mm-hmm. as a great example of transforming negativity to positivity. Right. Look at what it's done for him, right? Um, so we don't want to make that transformation until we get resistance, right, and then revert back. Oh, right. Yeah. You want to make sure that, you know, you're really firm in it. You have to do the work. You have to work that muscle constantly. You know, it's like it's just like Joan was saying, it reaches into the subconscious. So in in the beginning, when you're making a shift, your subconscious is going to fight you. It's not a comfortable place to be in. You're going to want to go back to the old way, even if the old way wasn't working. I like to equate it. So like if you try to do something big, like let's say you've got an alcohol problem, an addiction, and you want to start letting go of that addiction, you know, the people that you've been hanging around with more times than not are probably addicts themselves. And so they're not really going to want you to change because that shines a light on them that they may need to change. Right. So that's why it's important to start putting other people around you and having and if you can't get other people around you to be more positive, it's also about, you know, reading books and what you're looking at online, the news that you're taking in. All of that gets into your subconscious mind. You may tell yourself that, oh, well, you know, I can just look at this and it's really not bothering me. It's all going into that subconscious programming. So the more you shift what you're reading, what you're listening to, who you're listening to is going to make a difference in what's happening in your subconscious to keep that positive muscle going forward. That's a challenge, right? Because that could be uh, disappointing in a way, right? Because I may have to um, network with others than previously possibly if, you know, we have to deliver this new persona. And it right. may be painful to deliver because of the change it involves. Well, the change always, the shifts always start internally first. So that new persona might just be that instead of, you know, when you walk into the office grimacing and going, oh, here we go, is maybe you set a little intention for yourself that today is going to be a good day. And when I walk into the office, I'm just going to smile and say hi. Yeah. Well, what we learned it's was just a small shift like that uh, when we heard from Joan that take the results off the table and go internally a little bit and find the hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you're saying then the best way to do that is to take baby steps, maybe. Take baby steps in the beginning. And it really comes down to a few different little things like, you know, wearing clothes that you really like to wear. 
You know, sometimes, you know, you can get into a rut when you're going to work every day. You're just grabbing the same stuff. You're not even thinking about it. You know, taking a look, stepping back. Do I like the way I feel in this outfit? Do I look good in this outfit? You know, instead of telling yourself, well, you know, I'll look good in this outfit when I lose 20 pounds. Why not look good where you're at today? You know, am I eating foods that are making me feel good? Or am I eating foods that are making me not feel good? Like a couple glasses of wine at night might make you feel better, might help you relax. But yet in the morning, how are you feeling from that? Is whatever you're ingesting making you feel good? And it's the same thing with what are you listening to? After you go to a movie, are you feeling good after the movie? Or are you feeling like it's a downer? After you listen to something on TV, are you feeling good after it? Or are you feeling worse after it? Yeah, it's, I go really back. being, you know, conscious of what you're taking in. Like, you know, like Joan was just saying, through all of your senses. Yeah, I go back to what you guys were talking about in that it might be simple to understand, but not that easy to implement. Well, it's really easy to go back to the old ways because that's where we're comfortable. Well, I mean, if in what you're just saying... Um, I really was inspired by our first guest. Mm-hmm. Now that I know it's possible. And then I was really equally inspired by our second guest because I'm learning where I go to inspire myself. Right. Okay. And, and now listening to you, there's a lot of work that has to be done. I have to stay grounded. I have to take baby steps. I have to always be aware. And I can't be stupid either, right? I can't say, um, okay, I'm on the path to positivity, but I'm festering on social media all day. Well, there's there's a piece here that you're missing, and this was a big piece of what Joan was talking about. Um, what she was talking about was you need to vision what you want the future to look like. And if that vision is inspiring, the work's not that hard. If the work is super hard every day, then you're not visioning correctly. Hmm. Right? Interesting. You're not visioning correctly. Because if, if everything feels like it's a challenge and it's hard and this is hard work, and when you think about the future, you're not inspired... The whole point is, is that when you think about the future, you're inspired, you're excited, you're happy. Just when in doubt, just stop what you're doing and get a coach. Well, when in doubt, stop what you're doing and vision what you see the future to be. And when that vision of the future is in line with your essential self, who you really are, that's where you'll start feeling the inspiration. Yeah, you know, so almost feel alone, right? Because there's a lot of undertaking here. Right. I'm going to transform myself. I'm going to be the example going forward. I'm going to um, achieve better results. Well, but but you're looking at is, is is too global of a change. Right. The shift is like too global. I have to inspire. You don't have to inspire anybody. You just have to inspire yourself. Right. Well, what I'm getting to is um, where's my support? How do I hold my ground? How do I remain fearless and do the right thing? Well, that's where you go out. Like you said, you get a coach, you find groups that people are also moving in that same direction, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
that's what you start doing. You start aligning yourself with people that are more in line with you. You know, in the early days of my career, or I should say really in my mid-career, um, there were no coaches, but there were career counselors. So I was going to see therapists. I was going to career counselors. I was finding other people that wanted to do the same type of thing that I wanted to do so that when I went to discuss what I was doing with the people in my group that might be more negative, I had a solid foundation yeah. behind me. No, I, I, I was very grounded in what it was that I wanted to do. And, um, you know, and that's what we're hoping happens to all of us there's support for us out there and you know when we come back from our break we'll hear from our next guest and uh, hopefully gain some more insight on that right um and you know so anyway thank you so much for that um oh you're welcome that was really a good (laughs) lesson and stay with us everyone we're coming right back with a really cool guest let's face it Getting noticed at work can be tough. And if you're someone that struggles with anxiety when giving a presentation, voicing your opinion, or sharing your skills with other professionals, it can be even tougher. Hi, I'm Eva Lewandowski, and I know how it feels. You have the confidence, yet when all eyes are on you, the fear can kick in. I tried everything from Toastmasters to hypnosis, and nothing helped. But in my search, I uncovered a secret. There was nothing wrong with me. I just needed the right combination of tools and support. So I developed my own program that teaches you how to calm the physical symptoms, stop the negative self-talk, and shows you how to confidently step into the role of leader, regardless of your job title. If you do the work, this program is not only effective, it's fast. So reach out to me at Eva at charlieandeva.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's your turn to step into the spotlight. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our topic today is the power of positivity. And for this segment, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Ginny Barrow. Dr. Ginny is a Fortune 100 certified executive coach, number one best-selling author, speaker, and CEO and founder of Fearless Women at Work, an executive coaching and career strategy company that offers proven techniques and tactics to help talented professionals to develop as leaders in business and in life. Dr. Ginny, we're so happy to have you. Welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Thank you, Charlie and Eva. It's my pleasure to be with you. Excellent. And um, just to interrupt for one second, I, I remember, Ginny, you're an East Coast person, and we miss the East Coast. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> it's a little cold right now, but it's it's getting warmer and warmer. So let's hope we keep going in that direction. Yes. Oh, that sounds really good. Yes. Um, so you you know that our topic is the power of positivity, and we've been talking about how to stay positive. But you know what what Charlie and I were hitting on a little bit in the last segment, and and he was really going in that direction is, you know, so many times we just feel like the negative forces are too much to handle, and how do we stay positive? when there's a lot of negativity around us. And I think that's really pertinent for what's happening right now. I agree 100%. And, and your previous uh, guest, and, and I heard Charlie also talk about, you know, the, the getting help and a coach. And I, I agree 100% for obvious reasons. I believe in coaches since I am a coach. That's why I do what I do. 
Um, but one simple, one simple technique that I teach my clients, uh, Charlie and Eva, is to hone in on gratitude, developing a practice of, of daily gratitude. And I know it sounds very simple, and I know Tony Robbins teaches this as well. And mm-hmm. what gratitude does, it, it takes what's happening. Nothing changes in the exterior. But internally, when you hone in on, let me name three things that are, really, that, that are going really well in my life right now. It kind of put things in perspective, doesn't it? It does. It yeah. does. I agree. And, and so it, when you use your technique, do you typically go with three or do you try to go deeper than three? So it's really up to the person, right? I leave it up mm-hmm. to them because it really depends what you're going through. For me, when I sit, when I just close my eyes and I, I also have a daily uh, meditation practice, which I practice TM, Transcendental Meditation. Mm. It's so helpful to take those 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon to kind of just let everything settle down. I always envision a glass with water filled with debris. And that's how my brain feels when I sit down. And by the time I'm finished with 20 minutes of just focusing on being mindful in the moment with my mantra, by the time I'm finished, all that debris has settled down to the bottom of the glass. And that is very helpful. But in terms of the number of how many gratitudes do I do I say, you know, if you want to just rattle off a series of, of things you're grateful for in different areas of your life, by all means, whatever you need at that moment, give yourself that. If it's three, it's three. If it's ten, it's ten. If it's as many as come, as many as come. So I would just be flexible with that and just let it flow. I think that's a really great idea because that's a nice practice to have um, TM in the morning and in the afternoon. And then also just, you know, if, if you don't go and learn TM, I mean, you can also just there's so many different um, CDs and websites where you can learn meditation pretty easily. And just taking that time, because I think people don't really give that enough credit. Like, how long have you been doing TM and meditation? Yeah, so I, I became um, a TM student in December of 2015. I just went for three days, three, three days in downtown Manhattan, the, the center there, mm-hmm. and I became, uh, you know, a TM student. But before that, 10 years ago, I began to meditate on my own, where I literally, like you said, Eva, just went online download a PDF of mindful meditation and I started playing with that. It didn't work out so well for me. So I, I can say that if somebody hasn't tried it and they've attempted it and it didn't work, how they may be swayed not to go back. And mm-hmm. I, would, you know, I would really uh, invite them to try it again. And I have a very simple method for meditation that is closing your eyes and with, the, with, the, um, with your breath count to ten. When you get to 10, begin at 1 again. And if your thoughts begin to drift, simply when you catch yourself, go back to 1. And that is the simplest, simplest method of meditation, but it's all about just creating that mindfulness and bringing you to the moment, which then allows you, when you're in negative situations, it allows you to be present and to say, oh, this is happening, and this is how I want to react to it, versus being an autopilot. 
you know, that was actually going to be my next question is what did you find shifted for you? And I love that about not being on autopilot so that you can be present and understand that the negativity is hitting you, but you don't have to join in. Exactly. So when you have that level of uh, the ability to harness your mind, where instead of it running amok and just doing whatever it wants to do, just going off and coming up with things about I have to go shopping and then I have to do that, and then remember that conversation I had with Eva, and then she said this, and then I said that, and then Charlie said that. It just it's it's like mayhem in your head. Mm-hmm. So what what meditation helps you do is to harness your thoughts, so that if I'm having this conversation with Charlie and Eva right now, this is where my where my mind is. If I am in a meeting, that's where my mind is. That doesn't mean that you don't plan for things to happen around your life. But if that's the task, that's the task at hand to plan. So meditation allows you to be present because that practice of sitting down and being present when you're meditating is what you take with you wherever you go to any activity that you're in. And what a present to give our, our loved ones, our family, our coworkers, our, our, our managers, when we're present and we're truly yeah. listening to what's happening. You know, it's unbelievable, um, Ginny, because in two minutes, um, now I am going to say when I get a little more comfortable with the exercise you just shared, I'll be in a meeting and I'll say, time out, guys. My glass still has debris in it. <laughs> There's something that I'm not getting here. We need to continue, you know. Um, and it's just a really incredibly perceptive way to clear, you know, the debris out of your mind. Absolutely. And I also like the whole meditation where you count to 10 because I realized when I was young, so when I was young, no one really talked about meditation, right? It was the 80s and the Nobody talked about any of that, and especially in corporate. And what I would do is I hit all this anxiety, and I would do needlework like a crazy woman. But I realize now in hindsight that that was a way for me to meditate because it kept my hands and my mind occupied without real thoughts. Like I just had to, I just had to work on putting that that thread through that canvas. Yep. And. And it's kind of the same thing with the counting to 10 because it then shifts those other thoughts away. So you're just focusing on that and calming down. I think it's great. You know, I'm sitting here, right, and I'm thinking, um, so, Ginny, you're an executive coach, and I picture in my head you're coaching some big, tough leader person, and um, they don't really want to hear gratitude yeah, I'm grateful if they get the job done on time. Right. I'll be grateful. Um, and then you kind of give them the techniques that forces them to calm down, clear that you you. It's almost you know you do the same thing as the previous guest. You have a way of backing them into the corner and be pos- being positive about it. It's unbelievable because what would what would um, let's say a bully leader say to that, you know, they would realize that they have a lot of work to do, you know, and um, I think it's incredible. Well, and, and how do you, you know, I'm sure that you come up with a lot of resistance from these guys saying that, you know, well, it worked for me in the past. And yeah, I have a coach because I want to get better results. 
But, you know, when you start bringing up this, you know, how do you get around some of that? Well, the good news is that as a coach, your, your job is always to meet your clients where they are, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you may meet right. clients that are much more advanced who've been doing this kind of self, self-care type of work, um, who focus on their well-being. And there are those that are burned out who actually haven't done it, which is why they're burned out, and are looking to learn. So the good news is that somehow there's always an opening for you as the coach to come in and make suggestions. Um, that's why they're, they, they've come to you because things are not working and they really need the support. I know you guys mentioned in the, in the very last segment how, yes, we, we sometimes know what we need to do, but we need support in doing them and we need right. to develop a practice in doing them. So it's cognitively we know what's right for us. We, we know that we shouldn't eat, you know, for three and we know that we shouldn't smoke and we shouldn't drink so, so much. And cognitively, we know those things. But how do we actually do them? And that's where coaches uh, come, in, come into play. So as an executive coach, when I'm working with a corporate client who is very stressed out, right, who has so much, so many demands on them, uh, men and women, right. who are juggling life and work and kids and family and everything else, the, the proof is in the pudding, I think, because once you start to put these practices in, in effect, you see the difference. You feel the difference. You show up differently. Your stress level goes down, especially with TM, especially with any type of meditation. Hmm. The yeah. chemicals in your body change. So If I'm on the receiving end of your coaching, um, I am going to gain confidence from the techniques you just shared earlier, right? I mean, clearing my mind, monitoring the debris in my glass, that should keep me confident and uh, keep the fear down in me because I'm I'm grounding myself, I would think. Is that how that works? Exactly. And what happens is when you think about what keeps people in fear, right, what keeps people agitated is Mm -hmm. performance. They want to perform. They want to be at their best. They want to be sharp. They want to be... Of, you know, on top of their game. Well, how do we do that when our brain is so busy with thinking what someone may be thinking about you and, and perceptions and this, that, and the other? Right, and you can see all the blocks that come out. Right, versus really focusing on the problem and how to fix it. Unbelievable. Well, Dr. Ginny, thank you so much because this was really, huh. really great advice and tips. I mean, um, it's, again, it's... It's simple, but it is so powerful. Gratitude, meditation. I mean, it's just a perfect way to really stay grounded. And we so appreciate your insight. It was really, really helpful. Oh, it was my thank pleasure. I'm, I'm glad that it helped your audience in any way possible. Oh, thank you so much. And please, uh, we would love to have you back. So um, we'll be in touch again soon. Thank you. And again, if you want to learn more about to, about Dr. Ginny Barrow, you can go to her website at Fearless Women at Work. So that was great. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was great. So thank you for listening. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Have a great week. You've been listening to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Special thanks to our producer, Dave Olson, and the TalkZone family. All our replays are available at TalkZone.com or in the iTunes store. Also, be sure to download the free TalkZone app so you can listen to our show at any time. Your suggestions and comments are always welcome. Please email us at info at charlieandeva.com. Thanks again for listening.